top of the evening, Paul Chihi. And balanced evening to you, Michael. Good to see you tonight. It's been a while, my friend. It's been a while. Here we are in a unfamiliar location, coffee shop, um, Alchemist here in Boise, recording for the first time in a coffee shop. It's kind of weird. Uh, hoping the ambient sounds add to the flavor of this podcast day at a time. And there's live music right behind us, so we got to keep on schedule, which we don't have. So, perfect. <laughs> we don't even know when the live music is going to start. Correct. So, they could start at any time. But I don't see anybody setting up any drums. Nor this is a I. place I could see you playing, actually. This would be a great opening venue for the Paul Chihi experience. This would be. But we really should stay on task. <laughs> well, um, we made it through the holidays, Christmas and New Year's and all that. It's been a while since you and I talked. Um, I know you had Jace in town. He's, he's back at school. Am I right? Back at school. Started spring semester today. And on the calendar, it says uh, semester of domination. <laughs> How was your time with Jace over the break? You had a long time with him over We did. He had an extraordinarily long break. And uh, it was good and bad. It was so good having him around in the house. And uh, he's really good for me. But uh, when uh, he drove away yesterday, there's the opposite of that, and I don't think they teach you that in dad's school. Man, I was a wreck yesterday you were. when he drove off to school. And uh, same old thing about of those emotions, grief, loss, fear of uh, the unknown. Did you get uh, some tears rolling? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was brief, and uh, I did something about it, and I made a... I went and made a an appointment with my old counselor and just to hear her voice she won't uh, see people eye to eye yet she's still uh you know on computer or zoom or uh the phone so i got a i got a chance to shout out to her and got an appointment to talk to her tomorrow and it's funny the minute i made that it's like the, the mechanic syndrome kind of you go there it's making a funny noise and you go there and it doesn't it's running perfectly the day that you check in the mechanic, right? Yeah. Is that a poor analogy? I'm so following. You, uh, I'm hurting. This is the worst I've felt. i got to make an appointment. And then the minute you make the appointment, it's like, oh, what am I going to talk about? I wasn't so bad. You know, you talk yeah. yourself back up. Yep. And uh, I see you nodding your head there. So, uh, I don't know. This time of year, I'm just uh, up and down. The roller coaster of emotions is uh, relentless. And... I know that about me. I know that about the season. I know the triggers. But it's always, uh, walking through it is always uh, a true challenge. So uh, it feels good to talk about it. And I've been meaning to ask how yours... Well, this is our first. Right, because um, it's another Braden. first for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious on how the second goes and the third and the 20th for you. Or, um but for us, the first, um, I don't know. I mean, the Christmas is kind of what was, was our target that we were really thinking about a lot. You know, after we made it through Thanksgiving, we talked about that before, and, and it felt like we'd, we, uh, we navigated that 
successfully, if you will, and um, both in honoring Braden and you know, and, and just spending some time talking and 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 loving him, even though he wasn't with us. And then Christmas comes along, and kind of the same thing. I mean, we it was front and center in our mind, and we, you know, we were never shy to share stories or talk about him and all that kind of stuff. So I th- felt like Christmas actually we navigated pretty well as um, as a family too. You know, there's absolutely tears and you know the emotions that come through the, through the holidays and stuff like that, that uh, we kind of anticipated what we were most, maybe what I, what I think about is actually new year's Eve for Amy and I were the toughest for some reason, I think because we were anticipating Christmas. And so we were kind of like ready. We were like game face on, we can, you know, we're going to, Christmas is going to be tough, but we're going to kind of navigate it. Right. And, and we kind of let our guard down, I think, for New Year's. And I don't know why, but, like, you know, our two daughters were both kind of doing their thing that evening. And we're not big New Year's people anyway, but we were just kind of home alone, chilling, you know, whatever. And uh, then it's all about Happy New Year and celebration and things like that. And uh, we're just kind of going, it's still, we're still dealing with, there's no celebration. This is still, like we're still grieving and 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 so it kind of just it got us you know it really kind of snuck up on us and i think that's what i'm maybe still get getting my mind around is that that's kind of think what's going to happen is you're going to be okay when at times and sometimes without you knowing it you're going to get zapped and that was kind of new year's eve for us we just kind of like got into a in a hard space and and then that kind of carried over for me for like five days honestly after new year's i just kind of went into a funk and so. did you get to go back to school in that funk or did you get to just veg on football what'd you do for that so it kind of carried over um thanks for asking so on you know new year's day and two or three days afterwards it kind of just was like i don't know just kind of dreary and dull or whatever just not just kind of feeling down and, and then we started school um, and we kind of had an opening retreat and, and kind of and had some emotional stuff like just kind of games and stuff like that where we kind of had uh, there was a couple questions that triggered you know some thoughts for me um, and I'll just we played this game I'll just get to it we played this game I can't remember what it's called um, where, where you lay out all these pictures on a table and they're just random pictures and and then you know the we were in small groups and um the idea was to kind of do some reflection and things like that but the first question in 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 the pic and you have like 50 pictures on the on the table in front of you the first question is what are what are three pictures that kind of identify how you're feeling today Mm. right and uh so you're supposed to pick out three and then kind of share with the group. And man, just instantly when we started playing that, I was just feeling like the, the level of anxiety rising in my chest, right? I'm just like, tears are starting to well up because it's just like it made me think about what I was thinking, right? Or what I was feeling. And, um, and you know, prior to that, I was kind of tucking it away or whatever and just feeling crap, crappy. But it, like this, this instance kind of made it come, come up for me. And one of the pictures that resonated me with at that time was a picture of, I don't know if it was a homeless man or somebody, but kind of in the streets, kind of wrapped up in newspaper, laying, laying down on the, on the ground. 
that picture resonated with me the most of all the other 50 pictures of how I felt. That's how I felt, is I felt internally, I felt like this alone, just broken feeling inside of me. And that's, that's, that's the picture that just jumped out at me first. And it was like, that's the most, most I could resonate with at that time. Did that surprise you? Yeah. That picture was screaming at me, honestly. It was like... Dang. It's like, like, I'm searching through all these pictures, asked to find which ones identify my emotions, how I'm feeling, and that one just... I couldn't look away from it. Holy cow, Mike. That uh, would be a good endorsement for that game. <laughs> to drag that... Yeah. And uh, you mentioned it. You were... I mean, you had to unmask, you had to take the blankie off, unlayer it, expose it, whatever you wanted to say, and you had to put, you know, words or you had to put something to what you were actually feeling, and for that to be what you were feeling, I mean, it had to be good in a way to go, oh, it feels good to... I don't know. It feels good to feel this bad. That sounds so redundant, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't either. You know, and I'm I'm with a group of people that I love and respect. You know, other people I work with, colleagues and stuff like that, and they they know kind of where where I've been and what I'm going through and all that kind of stuff. So, as we kind of went around the circle, I kind of just really briefly and and didn't do a great job of kind of explaining. I just kind of want to gloss over. I really wanted to take a pass and not explain it, but anyway, got through it. And then it was the next question that, and again, I've been doing good for three weeks probably where I've had some emotion. New Year's Eve kind of got me. And, and uh, the next question was, you know, same pictures on the table. Um, I can't remember what the question was, but it was something like, of the, you know, choose three pictures that you um, want the most or something like that that you want or, or something like that that you desire or something like that um, or you, that you need I can't, can't remember what it was and at that point I'm already just like the previous one is zinging me and when it got to that point I was just like anxiety level 12 and I didn't want to bail but I bailed I just <laughs> I, I'm not a fight or flight I mean I'm not a flight when it comes to that I'm but I just like, I am going to lose my, lose it. And so I got up and left and I was just trying to, it was one of those like short of breath anxiety level moments where I'm like, get yourself calmed down. And I couldn't. And I finally left, got in my truck and drove, got in Braden's truck and drove. And I didn't know where I was going. I was just like, I just got to, I, I got to get my head right and get an, under control and it was weirdest because I've been doing really well for a long time but those those just those things kind of brought this anxiety and emotion out of me and um and that's when I you probably remember I tried to call you as like I don't know where I'm going maybe we'll call Paul we'll go have coffee or something and um anyway got through it it took me a couple hours to kind of get my my head you know straight and and emotions in check and stuff like that but uh yeah it's been a while since I had one of those. It was a good one, though. It was a doozy. 
that is a doozy. I wish I would have been there to hook up that day. Yeah. Um, wow, I can totally relate to that. And it's good that you can... I started to snicker a minute because you said uh, that came around again, and I was thinking, man, I'd have been in the restroom by now so hard. I'm not playing this game. See ya. Take my Union 20 break. <laughs> and then... Uh, so when you said that you were on the run... You know, Mike... Uh, you're, it's... You're fortunate in the fact that you can do that, you know, and you got good people behind you to say or understand. Maybe you don't have to say anything. I hope you don't, and you just can not be there because, man, you got to ride that thing out Yeah, with some good windshield time, some good tears, uh, whatever, you know, gets you that anxiety level back down. So uh, it's neat that you can... You know, and, and before it. before Braden's death, I, I I don't recall ever having any a full on anxiety attack. Maybe one one time I can remember, and I I didn't Same know here. what they were. Honestly, I was like I didn't really understand what that was. Right, it's exact same. I had no clue. I thought I was dying, and I went to the ER. And then once I figured out what was going on, yeah. Uh, now I'm an expert at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to become an expert, but I'm becoming familiar for sure. You know, my um, I also took, I think I mentioned, I took a hiatus from, from my therapy appointments for the, like the last month and a month or so. And uh, just kind of test the grounds. How am I doing? See how, see, see how it's going. But I had my first one in, in a while yesterday. I was sharing that experience that I just shared with you with, with uh, my counselor and... Um, He's a good word. He goes, oh, you got ambushed. Ambushed. And nice. to clarify, I didn't get ambushed by any person. Like, there was no, like, ill intent or, like, any anything that was, like... Right. Not I, the it, general sense of the word. But it was an ambush of emotions. Like, it's one of those where you're going in, like, oh, everything's good and I'm okay. And all of a sudden, you're surrounded by this, these emotions that you didn't That's expect. That's a perfect it's a word really, to describe that, too. It really is. Yeah. That's how it felt. And the whole fight or flight, I mean, down to your primitive, what am I going to do with these feelings and emotions? Yeah. So I think you, I don't know, you, next New Year's Eve, you're going to know a little bit more about that. And then now being ambushed, you'll know a little bit more about what's out in the jungle. And uh, yeah, you're forever on alert, I think. Yeah, and then when you try to mask it up or take it away or uh, you know drown yourself with something else, then sometimes that ends up sneaking up on you and it backfires. Yeah. So you just got to be ready for those things. And once again, I'll say I admire that you're addressing them instead of staying on the run. Here we are, and you're addressing them, and I'm nodding my head, and uh, I know people. If they're listening, they're getting a good nod here, too. So keep on rolling. Those hurdles are what keep us, I don't know, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm still Sarah's dad, even when that yuckiness comes up. Yeah. The fact that I'm facing it makes me feel like a good dad. You are a good dad. Thank you. Right back at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah. So other than that, you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, had had both girls home, and um, my oldest daughter got a puppy. Uh, I know you're scruffy. I know you hate dogs. <laughs> I always accuse you of hating dogs, but um, scruffy. So you've we never ha- done it on air, though. I don't think that hurts. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate dogs. I know, but you don't love them. Um, <laughs> so we have an English cream golden retriever, four-year-old Finley. Shout out to Finley, and uh, my daughter got a a eight-week-old English cream retriever, and she went and I can't believe my wife, you know, went along with it. She's kind of been like, no, don't get a dog right now, whatever. But she she got suckered. She went <laughs> and. Uh, and then I'm bringing home a, b- a boy, a uh, puppy, and oh my gosh, I don't know what a grandpa feels like, but I'm telling you what, that puppy gives me a little bit of the grandpa vibes, and, and it's too soon, I don't want to be a grandpa right away, but I can see the appeal of being a grandpa. So I've been a grandpup to Bearsy, Bear. Bearsy, huh? Oh, yeah, you need a puppy. No, yeah, it, it, they're great. So Bearsy comes over. We've been we've been puppy sitting a little bit here and there, and uh, got that thing in the hot tub. <laughs> no, no, she did. Our bear did get his first bath from from Ashton, I think yesterday or today or yesterday. So, um, but he's he's a little adorable. He's kind of, I don't know. He re- reminds me of an adolescent boy. He's just such a dope and you know run around and just being a, a, a doofus and and wants to play and just be yeah he's just a puppy it's it's good stuff good well that adds a nice element in your home yeah yeah good stuff so i have a question for you um and my wife and i had a good conversation kind of about like having conversations, having a, having a conversation about having conversations. And, um, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few days and, um, talked a little bit about this with my, my counselor yesterday. Um, for some reason you and I can just sit here and have a conversation about how we're doing and feeling and all that kind of stuff. And, and when I go to my counselor, like he just draws that out of me and stuff like that. And I think where I'm struggling a little bit is though just having kind of being, I don't know, just having that, those conversations with my wife and not that we don't have conversations, but like, it's just different. And I was curious, like, I don't know how, what advice do you have for me? So <laughs> put you on the spot. And, and my counselor gave me a, a, a kind of a, a duh moment yesterday. Like, oh, yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I think maybe part of it is like we take it for granted that they know how we're doing or what we're thinking or, or whatever else. And, and we get busy with other stuff and we don't take maybe... Th- and we meaning really specifically me, I, I can't project on you because you probably got it nailed, so please enlighten me. But just like you just kind of take it for granted, like, or, or you, you're, you, you have the potential to 
or you're susceptible to, to taking it for granted. Like, yeah, they, she knows how I'm doing. I don't need to go through it. I, you know, whatever. And then you go for weeks potentially of not having a real conversation about how you're doing. And then it's like, what the hell? Like you have this podcast, you're talking to, to Paul about how you're doing. Like, how, how do how do I know how you're doing? And it's like, yeah, you're right. How do you know? And I need to figure that out and not just take it for granted that you know and, and I need to ask the right questions. So he gave me a good good idea and it's really a duh. But I'll throw you out, throw you out there. What 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 what's your what are your thoughts on there on that, Paul? You got that figured out? I don't have it figured out. But I'm getting better at it. And I don't know the timeline specifically, but it took years to figure out how to dialogue about it. Because we were both on separate paths. And thank goodness, I mean, in hindsight, her grieving process, the way she dealt or was dealing or deals, I don't, I can't pretend to get in there. That has to be a solo journey for her. Same with me. I was on a different path. Different things bugged me. Different things uh, gave me joy. And it was kind of like... Like you said, we... I kind of assumed that she understood how shitty I felt and vice versa. But having never been a mother or thought through a female's lens, you know, I had no idea, no idea what or how she was coping with that. So she found a super good therapist and she went religiously and she did the work. So she had someone to talk to. So my advice is always try to find someone. And I think it's just conversation with us because we found we already had our friendship laid and then we got this segment of empathy where we can just talk about it and that first time uh, you came out and had breakfast with us and uh, Zig was sitting there and you and I were just talking and he was like a gate he's like wow you just you guys how did you what you just <laughs> you didn't know what to say and I was just straight up talking about it and he told me how good for him that was to, you know, he was, he admired how we just threw it in there. And so there has to be a conscious effort on checking it. You yeah. can't assume. Yeah. And like I said, I was on the run. I was, uh, my way of coping was not healthy for years. And then I still brushed it away. And then now, thank goodness, Jody stayed with me. And we can talk and laugh and cry anytime, anytime either of us wants to. And it's not going to be an imposition. Yeah. She knows me so well. She can read how I'm doing and she'll stop and check in because I'm very nonverbal with my face, she says. Right. <laughs> yeah. Darn it. I think we're talking about something that I think is really important because, um, 
you know, we've already talked divorce rate and stuff like that, but it, I don't, I, I can't put my finger on it necessarily. Like here we are talking just, just really openly and honestly, and it's kind of leading in different directions or whatever else. And, you know, it's, it's going out to all kinds of people. We don't even know strangers or whatever they're listening. And it's not like, you know, we're just kind of unabashed, just honest about whatever we're talking about. Right. And here it is with someone I live with and love and, you know, have this relationship with. And, and for some reason, the gateway to have those conversations feels more challenging and not, I don't think because of the relationship that we have, it's just, I don't know. It's if I don't know what, what it is. It's almost like, um, you need at least that door to open to say it's kind of, this is, you step into that conversation, if you will. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And like when you and I sit down, like we're going to talk about whatever comes up and we're going to just talk. And we know that, that we're here together because we're going to talk about shit. Right. And the same thing I show up, you know, with my counselor or whatever, it's like, that is why I go there to talk about stuff. And, um, when you're living day to day with, with your spouse, it's like you're living, but you also have to make a conscious effort to talk about stuff and have that gateway to talk. Right. And like, not that you need it, but like something has to, has to trigger that door to open up and say, okay, we're going to, we're, we're going to have that conversation. It just doesn't happen. And I think that's where the trap is. It just doesn't happen naturally. You have to make a conscious effort to, to have those conversations. You do. And once again, that's take, that takes practice, and it takes experience, and it takes courage and strength sometimes to uh, be a good listener and make it, you know, get into what she's feeling. Yeah, and, and you said it too. You're, you're, even though it's the loss of the same person, you're dealing with it so differently because of the different so people different. you are. Like you're, Jody is very different than you. My wife, Amy, is very different than me. And for me, like I'm, I have, I think I have major ADD. I don't know. I'm not diagnosed, but like, I'm always thinking ahead about different things. I'm moving, you know, I just have a lot of things going through my mind all the time. And I'm a planner and a doer and I'm just like, go, 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 go. And, um, while I'm doing all that stuff, I'm still, I'm, Braden is always on my mind front and center all the time. And I'm, so I'm still processing and grieving while I'm doing that. And, and this is what, you know, Amy and I talked about and, and that kind of drives her crazy to a certain extent because she's not that way. And she is going to kind of focus on the grieving and, and, and then take the next step. And, and, and I, I respect that and understand that. And I think that in itself though, if you're not aware of it, you're not paying attention to it can also create challenge or conflict because you're just kind of processing things so differently. Yes. And uh, let's not forget there's four separate stages of grief and the pace of those and the order of those can be so different for each person. You know, you have your uh, denial and anger and uh, bartering and then acceptance. I hope I got this right. Nailed it, um, as far as I know. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, they don't come in that order, and they don't come in a textbook paragraph. Here's what you'll do here, and you are so fresh in this journey. You know, you're in your first everything, your first year of everything. And, man, I spent so much time angry. So now that I say that out loud, I would... I wonder how much time I spent on each of those. But uh, certainly at a different pace than what I was hearing from other guys, which was stuff it away, get back to work. What I was hearing from my wife, you know, she was experiencing those just at a different, on a different time frame and a different faith. I was super angry at God, and uh, she, got a, she got closer to hers. So that's such a vast difference between partners. Yep. And it takes a long time to figure out how to talk to them about uh, our feelings. Yeah. Do you think that um, those stages that you that are so well, I guess, known or whatever, and I haven't read a lot of books to um, verify my thoughts on this, but... Um, do you think that's more of a spiral? Like, like, do you go through those those stages and then possibly? Do you, and do you think that you also come back to some of those stages where you Definitely. get to yeah, you one revisit and those revisit? Okay, Definitely. that's what I was kind of wondering because it's like I, I don't feel like it's completely linear where you go from one to another and then that door shuts behind you and then you go to the next one and you spend some time in that one and you go to the next one and maybe that's that's the image that I was see as theoretical but I, I don't think it's that way I've been because I mean I just think about like where I've been just in the short time I've had this I, I, you know this grief and experience mm-hmm. and uh, I'll go back to anger for, for for bits or I'll go back to even denial for bits and like I th- I'm, think I'm past it and then I come back and it's like so I don't know that's probably part of the process as well it certainly is, and anger for me is uh, that's a luxury, a dubious luxury for other men. I can't live angry, angrily, so I still get angry, but I, I can't live there. I can't stay there. Yeah. So that's lessened, and you know, bartering. It kind of seems funny now that we barter with God, and we try to reverse time and figure out how we could have coulda, 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 and that drives us mad, and maybe that drives us to acceptance. So, uh, I don't know, maybe putting the words to those and kind of thinking what my little mind is going through, and I like what you say about the spiral. I get a good visual about spiraling both up and down and just living in that, that tornado of whatever that day offers. I like to say I'm living in acceptance most of the time, but uh, I don't know, day at a time. Yeah. So I mentioned my counselor said something, and I think this ties into that game that I mentioned that kind of um, triggered some some emotion for me that I I was mentioning, and that is three simple words that I am going to practice <laughs> over the next 
several months in terms of unlocking those conversations between my wife and I. This is something I'm going to work on that helps. That like he said it, and it's like it's so simple. Is this the dumb moment? This is the dumb moment. Because what I was looking for was, give me a playbook. Like, give me, give me like some tools that that like can help me enter into those conversations. Because I want to have those conversations. I want to hear how my wife's doing. I want it, whether it's my wife or my daughters or whoever, right? And but I also have to kind of sometimes, you know, have to have a way for myself to enter into those conversations, right? So you think about the game. That you know, there was a prompt or a question, and the pictures that the question and the pictures kind of pulled together like, like it made me think about how I'm feeling, right? That's what that question right, did. Right, that's the magic of that game And so right there. the door, the unlocking of that door that my counselor said, that here's the dumb moment, was start with just three words. I am feeling, and then just finish it, right? Just like right now, and in, in an hour, it'll be different. In a day, it'll be different. But I'm feeling, you know, anxious about the loss of, of Brayden, right? Or I'm, I'm feeling just, at that moment, I mentioned the pictures, I'm feeling alone, sad, just... Um, Covered with newspaper. Broken. I'm feeling broken. Wrecked, with, maybe. And wrecked, yeah. Like, if I was describing, if I finished that sentence on that morning as we were playing that game, that's that's how I would describe it. And I think just those three words is simple. It's like, I am feeling, like, what is it? You know, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling whatever. I'm feeling, I'm feeling optimistic or whatever. And uh, so we talked about that, and, and, you know, he wasn't even trying. He wasn't, like, giving me the guidebook, but he was as he was talking, I was like, ah. Those, that's kind of what I'm looking for is that those just like a simple starter to kind of start talking about how I'm feeling. Cut isn't, to the chase. It's not kind of dumb. I mean, it's kind of like sim- overly simple, simplistic, but. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't beat yourself up over it, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we get so wrapped up in our own. Uh, Got to take that time to check on the others. And uh, you're up against it. You know, you got three females there. And uh, four if you count our dog. Four if you count the but dog. But now with Bearsy, it's... And, uh, so yeah. four on, four against two. Four to two, yeah. Scruffies. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, we all could do better on checking in with each other. Yeah. It, it's... it's weird but it's it's easier and said it's not than like done. you have to oh i better you know it's not i don't know what i'm saying i better be quiet <laughs> <laughs> go on you were talking about other dumb moments no I, well, i've had a lot but the, that's that's the main one um that just that i am feeling i'm gonna i'm gonna just kind of hang on to that one it's like uh, i should get a tattoo on my on my hand it's like this is how you can share with the people that you love like where you're at and see where that conversation goes and that could be a really good thing so yeah i think the thing i was gonna ask you is are you reading reading right now we talked a lot about books in the past are you you reading anything in, in particular i got a good book for christmas uh 
by Jerry Seinfeld. He wrote a book about this coffee tour he did where he interviews comedians and they talk about how they got funny or, you know, the turmoil or the challenges they had in their childhood. And uh, I got a book by David Grohl. Mm. And uh, it's good. He's a good writer. Yeah, He's got I know. A lot What's of the book? I, I looked at that. Uh, I, I remember the name I of it. I can't remember the name of it either. It's one word, though. Yeah, and it's just got a his silhouette on it. Yeah. Which is mostly hair. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what else? I was uh, going to try to read more books this year because they're stacking up. People give me books. Oh, you'll enjoy this. You'll enjoy this. And then there it sits. And then I pick it up. Wow, they were right. I did enjoy it. Yeah. They do stack up. I have, I probably have 15, if not 20 books stacked on my end table by my bed that I need to get to. I'm reading um, Chosen Suffering right now, which is a a book by the Ohio State wrestling coach. He lost his... um, his five-year-old son years ago, and I just started the book, so I can't even tell you what the book's about. But a friend friend gave it to me. It's a good read so far. Chosen suffering. Question. I'll look for that. No, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. Uh, let me know how that is. Yeah. And then you know, I love the the power of the e or not the ebook, but the audio book as well. Similar to like podcasts, where you can just push play, and, and when you're in a place where you can just listen, have someone read it to you. So over Christmas break, I didn't mention this, um, I went on a little fishing a journey, fishing trip with a friend of mine and spent 30 plus hours casting a fly rod to Wiley Trout. And, uh, Did you go east? I went south, yeah. A fi- true fisherman doesn't reveal his secrets, though. We'll just have to be offline. Um, Duh. Yeah, come on. I wasn't going to fall into that trap. Um, so I spent hours casting in the cold wet rain and snow and sleet and it was beautiful and i loved it and i while i was doing that i listened to two full books i listened to third no how many how many hours was it probably 20 hours worth of audiobook i listened to i don't know why i got into this i listened to unbroken which is an amazing story. I've read the book, I've watched the movie, and I will listen to the audiobook because it's just an amazing story. I don't know if you've read that one. Um, Louis Zamperini the, uh, in World War II. No. Oh. You recommending that one? It is unbelievable. And we'll it's put a true it in story. The stack. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the audiobook. It's easier, but it's like thir- I don't know, 13 hours. And then, um, what's the Everest one? The, uh, ah, why am I blanking out? It's it's the Everest 1996 climb where there 11 people were, were killed on top of Everest. But here's the thing about these two books that were in common that I just, I don't know why, I just wanted to listen to them, is perseverance and the ability for the human person to persevere through you know, in the, in these cases, physically 
the most unimaginable physically, right? Perseverance. And, you know, with the case with Unbroken, this is Louis Zamperini he was in World War II. He's in a plane. They crash. I don't want to tell you the entire story, but I'll tell you most of it so you can maybe get intrigued and, and listen to it for yourself. But he, w- he and, and two other soldiers survived the plane crash. We're in a life raft for 56 days in the ocean. 56 days and what they survived during that time. Think about water and food and sun and all that stuff. So survived 56 days. And then he was finally picked up by the Japanese army during World War II, was POW for I can't remember how many years, survived unimaginable, like, torture. And I mean, it's just like... And, and he lived through it all, right? And then you go to the Everest story, um, you know, the, the cold and the snow and the, the low oxygen. It's like, and, and, and you know, spending, I mean, the, the Beck guy that was kind of left for dead and somehow survived. It's like the human body is so much more capable than we, we can ever give it credit to. And so... Not to tie it, you know, I wasn't intentionally trying to tie it into things, but, you know, but here we are kind of emotionally wrecked and um, looking also how to, how do we survive this, you know, and how do you, how do you go, keep going and, and persevering through, through the losses that we've, we've gone through. So, I don't know, it was, it was inspirational. Obviously, it was different, you know, in terms of making that physical survival connection to kind of what we're going through, but it's... Um, they were, I mean, both true stories and really, really good stuff. So highly recommend. Check them out. That I will. It is amazing that uh, we do survive stuff that we think is going to take us out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then sometimes even makes us stronger, better, healthier. Yep. So, yeah, good. So speaking of perseverance, I got a, sh- a really cool thing to to share with you as we wrap up here. So... I mentioned last time that uh, I mentioned at one point I'm in job going to be in job transition in in a few months. Right. So and uh, my family's we're going to take a little trip to Europe. First time I'll ever go to Europe in July. And uh, my oldest daughter's been but my wife and I and my middle daughter haven't haven't been. So we're we're taking a trip that we we had planned over covid and or prior to covid and then it got shut down. And so this is this is our trip. So we're looking forward to it. Um, my new job that I'm going to be moving to, I've delayed. I'm going to start it in September, middle of September, so that at the end of my Europe, our Europe trip as a family, the crew is going to fly back. I'm going to go bike the Camino Trail in northern Spain. Seriously? Yeah. That makes me happy. So, solo journey. Wow, you'll be up against yourself the whole time. Yep, it'll be uh, it's 825 kilometers is what I've read, about 500 miles, um, probably about 21 days, roughly 18 to 21 days. Um, I won't be in a big hurry, but I'm going to, most people, the, the real pilgrims of the Camino de Santiago walk, which I get, it's more pure, but I'm going to, I love the bike, you know that. Why and, not? And so I'm... And I didn't know you could even bike it, so I'm going to bike it. And, they don't look uh, down on bikers? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to do it anyway. And That's uh, neat, Mike. 
I'm going to have Good a solid 21 days in my own brain and... Um, I think it's going to be really good, not just for my body and my mind, but my soul. And uh, why not? There's no better time to to do this. I'm going to be, like I said, between two jobs, and um, and we're already going to be in, in, in Europe. So oh, I love that. YOLO, I'm going to do it. I can't wait to hear what comes out of that time with yourself. Same. Very good. Congrats. Thanks. And congrats on the the job move too. Yeah, it's got to be uh, both scary and exciting. Yes, mixed emotions. Um, where I've been has been a great place. Um, nice. And uh, looking for a ch- forward to a to a change. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, a lot of life changes this year. So all good. But I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to figure out how we can podcast um, while I'm on the Camino. We'll figure yes. it out. Transatlantic podcast. I like it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a wrap. We're uh, always, it's always a pleasure, Paul, um, chatting with you, and we'll do another one in the next, I don't know, whenever we do it. But uh, everyone that's out there, thanks for continuing to listen to Rect. We're Paul and Mike, and we appreciate you guys listening and supporting what we're doing. As always, peace. Peace. <laughs>